in the night Your heart fills with dread Probably a murderer who wants you dead It could be a ghost, a demon or worse Perhaps you're the victim of a witch's curse It's hopeless, you're doomed You'd call a priest if you could You'd rather just listen to who? Sinisterhood I'm gonna kill you Hello and welcome to another edition of Freaky Friday It is Friday, December 16th, 2022 and we're counting down the final Fridays of 2022. It's almost over. It is. It's almost over, which is why we have several Christmas freaky stories today. Got to include them before tis the season is no more. <laughs> the season is done. It's a holly jolly freaky Friday today. <laughs> well, the second half. <laughs> the first half true, that's are true. literally all of my living nightmares. So Yeah, that is true. Well, in, before we get to the living nightmares... We thank everybody for sending in your Freaky Friday stories, sending in anything you ever send us. We appreciate it. But how we really appreciate you is Monday, December 19th. <laughs> oh, no. Something happened recently. We had our yeah. Hallmark After Dark. We had it. It was great. It went well. However, we had some technical difficulties. So That's it- being kind. The technical <laughs> difficulties was an eight-hour difficulty. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a it was a long tech me versus technology day, and the studio was destroyed. But we are going to do a redo because not everybody got to get on, not everybody could see, not everybody could hear, and we want you to get what you pay for and what you sign up for. So from now, when you hear this, December sixteenth through moments before on December 19th <laughs> at 8 p.m. Central Time. We're going to do another Hallmark After Dark. We have an all-new Strictly, I think Strictly Romance, I, based on the logline. The last one was a murder mystery. So if you want to see that, definitely can go back and watch the replay. But Monday, the December 19th. The most confusing movie I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and not just me. Like, I've everyone in the chat... Between you and your sister, somehow you managed to piece it all together. It was very impressive, the recaps that we had to keep pausing and doing. Without you, I wouldn't have understood uh, anything I was watching. But it's uh, there were some good riff moments and some just wacky and ridiculous stuff that really made us laugh. Oh, yeah. We had a lot of good reactions. And the chat was popping off as usual. So fun. And yes, we had my guest, my sister as a guest uh, chatter because she had also seen the movie. And mm-hmm. so when we would all get lost, she was like, no, no, no. It was this person. Here's so who this person is. The same a movie cast of twice. a thousand. More <laughs> so people in that film than any movie. Yeah. Someone said it was like Lord of the Rings where at the beginning it's yes. just they're introducing another character and another character, another character. And then in the, the whole thing gets wrapped up in the last one minute of the movie. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. In it was a, a good time. 20 minute monologue. It's it's fantastic. It's so, everything you could hope for. Uh, if you want to read, if you'd missed it live Monday, December 19th, we're going to do a redo for you. 8 p.m. Central. Head to Patreon and we're going to post the stream link on Patreon we're getting everything set up because we're going to test it a million times before we go on there. So that's why there's not a link yet, but you can uh, click to follow or once you're signed up for Patreon, you'll just get email alerts on there as well as on the Patreon Facebook group. So definitely go to Sinisterhood.com, click on Patreon in the top banner, and it'll take you where you need to go. It's going to be a fun one. Well, for now, we're going to get a little freaky. And then mm-hmm. on the 19th, we're going to get a little fur crazy. Perhaps. We're not sure which one we're going with. Murder, (laughs) She Baked was the name of the last one, in case anybody uh, was curious. If that name doesn't draw you in, then I don't know how to help you. (laughs) Uh, We're figuring out the next one. If you have a suggestion, email it in. Yeah, Pop it on the Patreon. We we like to go to IMDb and watch the trailers to see, would this be a good one or not? Well, I'm Christy. I'm Heather. And let's get freaky. Like I said, we're starting off with um, my legitimate fears as a child that have continued into adult. We're kind of just all of my living nightmares. Heather just put a pillow behind her head and is leaning rest. back to get comfortable. About to kick back because uh, <laughs> getting freaky. You're right, though. This is nightmare fuel. Oh, yeah. Well, it's actually the subject line from Jessica D for this first one is Latchkey Kids Worst Nightmare. 
Ladies, I lived out one of my longtime dreams when I met and hugged you both at your show in Nashville. I was front row and laughed until I cried. Side note, I was with a friend that shared an unsavory story seconds after hugging you guys. Now to the story. Side note from us, I remember this. (laughs) Back to Jessica's story. My sister and I grew up as latchkey kids in the 90s. We typically rode the bus home, let ourselves in, made snacks, and watched movies until our parents got home from work. On one of those days, we had gotten off the bus and started a movie in our bonus room. We heard a car pull in the gravel driveway. I got up from the couch and looked down from the window. The car was one I'd never seen before. They'd parked halfway down the drive, just in front of our sidewalk leading to the front door. I watched as a thin, unkempt woman got out of the passenger side of the car and started walking up the sidewalk to the front porch. My sister and I walked down the hall to peer around the corner into the foyer to see the woman standing and knocking at our door. We were always told to not open the door for anyone unless it was family. So there we stood watching this woman knock and knock and knock. She kept knocking and attempting to ring the doorbell, which had not worked in years. Finally, she stopped and started back down the sidewalk to the car. She got back into the car, and just as my sister and I were saying she must have been trying to sell something, the car pulled down to the end of our driveway, rather than backing out. We ran to the other window to look down as the car parked, and the woman got back out. This time, the driver door opened, and a short, tubby man climbed out. I started to panic with a feeling that something bad was about to happen. I watched the man walk around the garage to the back door that leads into the garage. He began kicking at the door. I called my dad on his cell phone and said, Someone's breaking into the garage. He told me to hang up and call 911. I started shaking when I heard commotion under us, inside the garage. We kept the door that connected to the kitchen and back steps up to the bonus room unlocked. I realized they were going to be able to come inside our house in a matter of seconds. I told my sister to run to our parents' room down the hall. She picked up our little Maltese dog and ran down the hall. I dropped the phone from all the shaking and fear I was feeling. Once I picked up the phone, I stepped out of the bonus room and glanced down the stairwell to see the man staring up at me. I screamed, I think. I can't remember what I said as well as I remember how I felt. I knew I had to get to my parents' room fast. He yelled, Hey, come back here! I could hear his heavy feet stomping up the stairs behind me. I ran down the hall and slammed the door to my parents' room. I locked it and leaned up against it as I looked around the room to find my sister. She was hiding under the bed with our dog tight under her arm. I dialed 911, and as the operator answered, the man slammed against the door and began screaming at me to open it. I shakily told the operator that someone broke into our house and we were home alone. I told her we'd locked ourselves in a bedroom and he was trying to get inside. I screamed to him that I was on the phone with 911 and he better get out now. The operator tried to get me to calm down long enough to give her our address. The man continued beating on the door while the woman was loudly rummaging through the house. We could hear her in our kitchen and eventually upstairs in our bedrooms. I remember hearing loud thuds and crashes while the man was screaming at us to let him in. Eventually, he stopped. I froze and told the operator it sounded like they were leaving. I walked to the window and watched them pull out of the driveway and eventually down the street out of sight. The operator told me police were on their way. I hung up the phone and my sister and I walked back to the door and slowly unlocked and opened it. I will never forget the feeling of violation. Our rooms were ransacked. All of our things had been touched and thrown. The house didn't feel like our home after that, not for a long time. The police eventually caught the couple, and they served some time. They had apparently been casing our house for a while and knew that no one parked in the garage, so it was easy to tell when no one was home, at least no one that was driving. To this day, I'm very particular about locking doors and having my phone near me when I'm alone at work or home. So all that to say... The 90s were a hell of a time to grow up. Lock your doors and don't ever leave your kids alone at home unless they can drive. Also, a ring camera would have been cool. I love you guys so much. Thank you for sharing your humor, gigantic hearts, and wisdom with the world. Keep it creepy. 
Oh my lord. God, the anxiety this gave me reading this. This is was my worst nightmare as a kid. Getting kidnapped or mm-hmm. someone breaking in when I'm home alone. I've played out as a child and as an adult. Like so many of us, like, what would I do? Where would I go? What's the safest room to lock myself in? It's fucking terrifying. It's one thing to have your house broken into. You're hiding and you're like, okay, we're hiding. They're just out there. But this man was actively trying to get to them. Yeah, that's the scary part. Mm Because they tell you, you know, a prowler that wants to hurt you will break in at night. But Mm -hmm. somebody that just wants to steal your shit and will bounce if they, you know, if somebody makes a noise or says I'm calling 911, they'll just run off. Because that's why they come during the day. It's when people are at work. They don't want a confrontation. And here you see, he knew it was just kids. I mean, you you just drop your shit and leave, you know, drop the stuff and leave. Mm -hmm. But you're right. The fact that he was banging on the door and it was like, open the door, like wanting in, that makes you so nervous. Because Mm -hmm. all you could think of, what are you going to do when the door gets open? Yeah. Yeah. And as a kid, I mean, that's your just panic. You just want to feel safe, secure. Oh, man. Those two precious little babies with their little dog under the bed just on the phone. Oh, breaks my heart. Yes. I'm so glad that you guys were safe. And it is a huge violation to have your house broken into. I've never had my home broken into, knock on wood. I've had several cars broken into. And it's so gross. And it really does feel like... This isn't even my thing anymore. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's it's such a violation. So that sucks. But the most important thing is you guys were safe. And I'm so glad that your big sister mode kicked in. And you're like, this is, I'm about to handle shit. And you did. Yeah, and your brain clicks going, oh, shit, that door is unlocked. Mm-hmm. Man, that's nerve-wracking. But like you said, big sister saves the day. Yep. Well... Continuing on with uh, one of my biggest fears, this one's from Sam, and the subject line is, The Kidnapper Took My Bagel. Hi, ladies. You guys are amazing, and your podcast is my favorite. I wanted to share one of the freakiest experiences I have ever personally had. This only happened a couple of years ago in my small town in Utah. Here's my story. I usually leave for work around 7 a.m., and I often stop at a little grocery store a few blocks from my home that has a from-scratch bakery inside to grab some breakfast. On this particular day, it was a cold and dark winter morning in December, and I had pulled into the almost empty parking lot and parked my Outlander under the nearest street lamp close to the store's front doors, as I always do. I parked my car and rummaged through my change looking for some quarters to buy a bagel. I found three quarters, but knowing that my bagel was going to cost me 88 cents... I sighed and grabbed my wallet instead. I would have to use my debit card for my 88-cent purchase. Just as I was getting ready to get out of my car, I noticed a smallish black truck driving through the parking lot towards where I was parked. The truck drove through the empty parking lot and parked in the space right behind my car. I thought that that was a bit strange that this person entered from the other end of the parking lot, but decided to drive all the way to where I was parked on the opposite side of the lot instead of parking closer to where they had entered. But whatever, maybe they had a favorite parking spot just like I did. I went inside and picked out a delicious-looking cheese bagel, freshly made that morning, and grabbed a cherry Coke. If I had to use my debit card anyways, I might as well get some caffeine while I'm at it. I paid for my breakfast and went back out to my car. Side note, my car, which is one of those compact crossovers, looked kind of like the love child of a car and an SUV. It was not large like an SUV, but had a lot more space inside than a small sedan would have. At the time of this incident, my Outlander was having some electrical issues that sometimes caused my electric locks to not work correctly. When I would lock the doors, sometimes they all locked, sometimes all but one locked, or sometimes none of them would lock, and I would have to lock them manually. On this particular morning, I locked the doors on my way into the store and was under the assumption that all four doors had locked. But... You know what they say about assuming things. It truly did make an ass out of you and me, but mostly just me. Back to the story. I walked out to my car in the brutally cold morning air and couldn't get into my warm car any faster. I got in, turned on the engine, and blasted the heat. I got out my Diet Coke and sat my bagel on the top of the paper bag on the seat next to me so I could nibble at it as I drove to work. I was about to put my car in gear when I had a sudden feeling of panic in the pit of my stomach. I caught movement in my peripheral vision and quickly turned my head 
to see the figure of a man sit up from a laying position in my back seat. The fuck? I yelled as I saw the man clearly for the first time. He was now sitting in the seat right behind me and leaned all the way forward until he was inches from my face. He had dark, dark eyes that now remind me of the lifeless black eyes of a shark about to attack. His dark hair fell around his face as he moved toward me, and I felt and smelled his hot, rancid breath on my face as he said in a loud stage whisper, Don't scream. I just need a ride. Fuck that shit. I'm out. I opened my door and booked it like Usain Bolt, leaving my car running and all of my belongings still inside. I ran back towards the store, slipping on a patch of ice and landing hard on my backside. I got back up and closed the distance to the automatic front doors of the store and ran inside. I went to the only cashier that was on duty that early in the morning and told them that I needed to call the cops. Someone broke into my car. As I was explaining what happened, my eyes did not leave the front door. Was this guy going to follow me into the store? Was he still waiting for me in my car? Oh, shit. Was he going to steal my car? Fuck. I left the keys out there, along with my wallet and phone. The cashier and I called the local PD, and they had a patrol car in the parking lot within five minutes. Once the police officer was there, I felt safe enough to go to my car with him. The man was gone. My car was still running, and my phone and wallet were both still there. The police officer asked if anything was missing. And I said, I don't think so. And then I saw it. The empty bakery bag on my passenger seat. That mofo took my bagel. Somehow, this set me off and I started bawling. (laughs) Just my bagel. The adrenaline rush from my experience had worn off and now I was just scared and emotional. The police officer asked if I wanted to stay while he and the manager checked the cameras. Or if I wanted to give my report and leave for work. I opted to stay for his investigation. The manager pulled up the surveillance videos from the parking lot. There were two cameras that covered the parking lot, and watching the evidence of what happened did not ease my panic of what could have possibly happened to me. We reround the footage to a few minutes before I arrived in the lot, and we watched as that same small black truck that I noticed earlier pulled into the parking lot and parked behind the dumpster on the far end of the lot. The truck sat for over five minutes with the lights out, and no one got out of the vehicle. That's when my car pulled into the lot and parked in my usual spot. Within just a few seconds, the truck's lights came back on and it made its way through the parking lot to pull up right behind my car. I watched myself walk casually into the store. Then we saw the man. He jumped out of the truck as soon as I was out of sight and started jiggling my door handles. He tried my driver's side door and it was locked. Then he tried the back door and it opened. Stupid locks! He crawled into my back seat and waited for me, and you know what happened next. After I saw myself run back to the store, and I had to laugh through tears watching myself splay out on the ice when I fell down, I had made it safely into the store. But the guy didn't run away. We watched as he got out of my car and walked casually to the front doors that I had just entered. The automatic doors slid open as he leaned his back against the outside of the sliding glass door. Imagine a little kid trying to hide during tag by getting as flat as they can against the wall and trying to disappear from sight. That's what he looked like. Then he leaned his head inside the door, leaning onto the glass doors with his legs sticking out in the air behind him. He must have seen me talking to the cashier about calling the cops because he didn't enter the store. I don't know how I didn't see him at the time. I must have looked away at just the right time. He turned and walked back to the black truck, got inside, and drove away. What the fuck? What was he doing? What was he planning on doing with me? He obviously wasn't just an unhomed person looking for a ride or a warm place, like I'd hoped he was. He had a plan, and it felt malicious. The officer took my statement and logged the license plate into the system. It was an out-of-state plate. He told me that he would put a bolo out on the truck, but nothing really came of it that I'm aware of. The store I was at is about three minutes from Interstate 15, So if he wasn't a local, he had an easy way out of our little town. And who knows where he could have gone. Once all was said and done, I still had to leave for work, and the sweet bakery worker gave me a free bagel to replace the one the kidnapper took. I never heard anything else from the police and have never seen that truck driving in my town again. Thank you for reading. I hope you all have great holidays and a wonderful new year. 
Yeah. Whenever she says she sees the movement in her periphery, it makes me want to vomit a thousand times. Uh, that is definitely, this definitely is a top nightmare concern. I, uh, so many times have gotten into my car and immediately checked the back seat. But Pete Holmes has a bit where he also does that. But then he talks about when you're driving down the highway and you're like, shit, I didn't check my back seat. And you put your hand back there. <laughs> and he's like, what am I going to do if I feel somebody back there? <laughs> but that's it's so scary just to see him raise up and then get that close. I mean, it's it's not um, especially once you watch those tapes and you're like, he doesn't need a ride. He drove himself here. So we're starting off on a lie. Mm -hmm. Uh, it doesn't seem like there was going to be a good outcome for that. No, and he hit his truck, too. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, if you get her to to another location away from those cameras, she did the right thing, jumping out and just running off. That's terrifying. And thank God he didn't have a weapon or something where she felt like she had to stay, Mm -hmm. you know, in the car, you know, didn't have a weapon that she saw. But yeah, that and this is goes to show. I always think, oh, it's dark at night. I should check my back seat before I get in the car and drive off because it's late at night. But this is bright early morning sun, early enough to be getting a bagel. Bless that bakery for giving you a replacement bagel. Also, fuck that guy for that's the thing you take. You the one little treat that she was looking forward to, and I get it. I would have also probably kept it together and then broken down at the bagel part. So yes. Sam, it because. If you have been in a situation like this, Sam's exactly right. You have that like adrenaline rush that like levels you out for a minute where you can get shit done. But as soon as it leaves your body and you feel like you can kind of relax, all those emotions come out. So it sucks that your bagel was taken. Very nice of the bakery owner to be like, you know what? This one's on us. We're gonna and, and you were able to laugh at the slipping in the ice, which a friend of mine slipped in the ice at his house and every once in a while we'll he'll send around the replay or his wife will send around the replay of him you know he was fine but like this was on, on a, the ice like a ring doorbell yeah it was like above their uh garage in the back he went out to let the dogs out oh i'm gonna need to see this yeah i'll get a copy for you <laughs> do i know this person yeah yeah yeah. he's great <laughs> well yeah that's and oh man that is a hard fall and that's yeah, like one of those fall. falls that pisses you off too because it's like you're just it's so fast and like abrupt. It jars you. At least like, for me, I get real pissed when stuff like that happens. Yes, you're goddamn ice. I'm trying to go somewhere. Especially in that moment, you're like terrified. But mm-hmm. once you're out of it, you're safe. And like you said, you have you have to laugh. It's like that release, that tension release that you're all wound up. That you're like, I fell on my ass and my bagel was stolen. Damn it! What a <laughs> yeah. day. And I still have to go to work. Yeah, that's a I call in day. That's a mental health <laughs> day you. for me. Yeah, bless Taking you, Sam. Taking some PTO that day. Well, these things don't just happen in Utah, Heather. They happen down under, too. In Melbourne? I always said Melbourne until we started doing all of our research for the case we're currently covering on our Wednesday episodes of Phoebe Hanscheck. And Australians seem to say Melbourne. So I have now started saying Melbourne. If that is incorrect, please let me know. Wait, what did you say before? Melbourne. Oh, Melbourne. Oh, yeah. I just, the people say Melbourne. 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 Yeah. Well, yeah. and I follow like several Aussies on TikTok that live in Melbourne and they all say Melbourne. Maybe Melbourne. they are saying Melbourne, but their accent sounds like Melbourne. I don't know. I'm uh, from Texas, so I'm going to say uh, Melbourne. Melbourne. Uh, the only way for us to know for sure is to go there. That's my vote. Yes. Yes. Well, I don't uh, want this next thing to happen to us when we do decide to go there. This is from Ange Danger, and she says, real surname, divorced the husband, kept the surname. Fuck yes, you do. When your last name is Danger, you could get married a thousand times after that, and you're like, sorry, this is sticking. I'm keeping this. (laughs) It's like our friend whose last name is Power got divorced, and she was like, but this is a great No, I got to keep that. That's a real solid last name for sure. Well, Ange's subject line is, bad singing saved me. G'day, g'day from Melbourne, Australia. Firstly, I have to do the obligatory fangirl gush. I'm obsessed with both of you and pedal. Cool. Enough said. Anyway, this happened when I was about 19-ish. What even is time? So I had spent an extremely long day judging a school aerobics competition. 
think extremely loud music, even louder teen girls squealing, and lots and lots of glittery lycra. It's fair to say I was pumped to be leaving. So I got into my very 90s sports girl barina, a small hatchback, cow pattern fluffy seat covers and all. Seriously, what the fuck? So I pumped the tunes and started my hour-long trip home. We lived in a then semi-rural area outside Metro Melbourne. So I hit the freeway, and as usual, I sung my guts out to pass the time. Probably Alanis Morissette. So as I hit our long driveway, I was ready to jump out, grab my boyfriend, say hi to my dad, and then head out for a much-needed drink. But as I jumped out and walked towards the front door, out of the corner of my eye, I see a grown-ass man jump from the back seat of my car into the front seat and then take off down my driveway. For some reason, my reaction was to chase the car as it left. God knows what this 4'11 girl thought I could do to stop him. So after repeatedly scream-explaining what happened to my family inside— then them still going outside to check I hadn't just lost my shit, we called the cops. Long story short, they ended up finding my dumped car with my purse and cash still inside at a local servo, where they think the dude left it and called a cab. So the cops said the fact that he didn't want my car or the cash inside was extremely concerning, and that he probably expected me to drive 10 minutes to a little flat where I would probably be alone. So did I just confuse him by traveling so far? Or were the sounds of me screaming Alanis Morissette for an hour enough to make him peace the fuck out? I'd like to think so. So, always check your back seat before driving home at night and always sing loudly, especially if you're terrible at it. I just hear, you, 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 I don't know. He heard that angst and... I want you to know that if you're in my backseat, I will beat your ass. Yeah, he was like... I was going to sing. Really? Yes. (laughs) I mean, I feel like Alanis, if anyone is going to be like, this girl doesn't fuck around. You know what? I'm not going to mess with this. Alanis, like, Alanis... Fiona Apple, mm-hmm. like, you know. Some Tori Amos in there, yes. Franco. Yeah, a little dark, a little, very edgy, but also just like you you hear the grit and bitterness in that. <laughs> it's coming. But that's that is terrifying. Scary, for an hour, he was yeah. in her back seat with her. <laughs> Horrifying. It's so scary, and especially if you think exactly what the police said. Oh, okay. Well, you know, as soon as you got off, you got out, he jumped in the car and left. He probably just wanted to steal your car and your stuff. Nope. Mm-mm. He ditched it all and was probably like, how the fuck do I get back an mm-hmm. hour? He's like, yeah. the cab's going to... He actually lost money on that deal because he had to pay for a cab all the way back from the service station, all the way back to wherever they was from, you know, wherever also, his car was at. I like to think that after about 10 minutes, he started to panic like, shit, <laughs> what this girl, I am in over my head right now (laughs) he's like she's got a playlist and she's gonna play it all the way through (laughs) and we're about to have to vibe for an hour and then what am i supposed to do i mean that's he's like isn't this ironic right alanis (laughs) don't you think (laughs) i came to kidnap her she's kidnapping me now what am i gonna do truly ironic (laughs) well Ange, bless you you kept yourself you were in danger but you got out of danger by just being yourself and uh, scream singing to Alanis Morissette, which we've all done. Well, and to bring it full circle back to our very first case, I was not a latchkey kid. I had a stay-at-home mom. But the times when my parents would have to go off and do stuff and I was left alone, I would always, this is so embarrassing, (laughs) but I would always take the living room. We had like a, you know, a big turntable and loudspeakers and I would plug in my CD player to it and I would sing like the loudest, like I'm I'm a a fine singer. I'm an okay singer, but I was trying to hit Christina Aguilera, Mm. Jessica Simpson, like Whitney Houston. What a girl wants. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. If somebody started jiggle the handle, they'd be like, there must be a goat sacrifice going on inside (laughs) or the dishwasher's damaged. (laughs) What is this hornet's nest we're about to walk into? (laughs) Oh, man. So it sounds like, yeah, Ange has the right idea. Just scream singing. It'll keep you safe. Mm hmm. This next one is from Kip. And her subject line is, my dead dad is my Christmas present, a listener story. Hey, ladies, longtime listener, and I've been absolutely loving Freaky Fridays. In the last installment I listened to, there was a story that inspired me to write in myself. 
I've had plenty of weird shit happen to me. Hell, my best friend when I was a kid turned out to be a ghost, but I never quite knew how to convey it in the form of a story. My name is Kip. Go ahead and use my name so I can giggle like a little girl when I hear it on air. And I am a member of the Dead Dad Club. He passed away suddenly when I was 14, and I honestly still have not fully processed it 20 years later. Last week, while in dreamland, I was at my old job doing mundane tasks that were familiar, but not quite right. Doing dishes while sitting at the break table, you know, that sort of odd dreamlike twist on reality. I was talking to my boss who had just given me a blueberry macaron when she gestured that someone was standing behind me. I turn and see my dad, clear as day, beautiful and smiling, as vivid as though I had just seen him yesterday. I got up to go over to him when he says, can't you tell I'm her Christmas birthday present? He gave me the biggest hug. You know the feeling when you see your crush, the butterflies fluttering in your stomach, making you feel all goofy? Combine that with the sensation of going over the tallest drop of a roller coaster and crank that up to 11. The feeling rushed through every inch of me. I was radiating with glowing happiness. It was so overwhelming that it woke me up. I jumped out of bed to groggily jot down this cryptic message and then crawled back to bed. My husband began to stir since it's not super often that I jump out of bed and run across the hall at 4.30 in the morning. I say, I just had a crazy dream. He replies, do you want to tell me about it? I start to relay it, but as soon as I get to the part where I turn and see my dad, I unexpectedly burst into tears like sobbing, can't catch my breath, ugly crying. When I got back in bed, I could still feel the radiating love and peace from the hug. I did not expect that reaction preventing me from even telling my story. He just held me and let me cry and snot all over him instead. Carly shared the story of her dad visiting to tell her to clean her room in the last episode, and you called it a visitation dream. It was so timely for me to learn that such a thing exists. I've definitely had visits before, and now, knowing that it's a phenomenon makes it all the better. I knew it was really him. It was so vivid and magical, there's just no way around it being a miracle. Now, what was he trying to tell me? For being such a wonderful, heart-touching dream, I cannot help but laugh that that was his message. He was literally the biggest jokester, so I guess in a way, that kind of makes sense. What do you girls think? Thank you for being so awesome. Keep up the good work. Kip. Well, I think in these situations, whatever makes you feel the best is is what happened. Yeah, and I think you can't shake somebody's belief that, like, I've had a dream where, you know, my dad's within arm's reach. Or one time I had a dream real younger. I mean, my grandmother died when I was 16, 17. And a couple years later, I would always be, I was the youngest grandchild and would be the one assigned to like hold her on my arm. And I had a really distinct dream where I was helping her cross the street. And she was just like, I'm really proud of you. You're doing really well. And as once I helped her cross the street, she was like, okay, you're good. You've helped me cross the street. And then I woke up and I just at the time I was like, wow, that was a really cool dream. And talking to mediums and things throughout Mm -hmm. my life. It's like if somebody's within arm's reach, if they look, you know, super clear to you, if they speak directly to you in a clear way, you know, things like that. So like you said, it, it definitely makes you feel good when you have them. Although I've also had dreams about my dad where it was so real. He was like talking to me and you wake up and you kind of have that, mm-hmm. oh, oh, grief all over again yeah, kind of thing. So grieve almost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Kip, I'm very glad that you got to experience that. And if you have a birthday around Christmas, Godspeed, because yeah. both my children's do, as do I. And it is a stressful time. <laughs> So I'm glad that your dad came to you in a dream to to, to make it a little bit better, right? Come and, and I would like you. for a the um, uh, what was the man that delivered the big checks? Oh, Ed McMahon. I'd like for him to visit me in a dream. That'd be oh yeah, and give me one of those big ass checks. Where you wake up and you're still <laughs> holding the thing. Well, yeah. this is a it's a rough time with Christmas and two birthdays. Ooh, oh lordy. Yeah. Well, yeah. and you get a thousand presents in two months and then nothing for yeah. 10 more months. <laughs> that was always my, my birthday's January 4th. So I I relate to that. Yes. Uh, most definitely. Well, thank you so much, Kip. This next one is from Maddie. And her subject line is rebrand a Christmas story to a Christmas haunt. Hello, my Sinisterhood gals. Before diving into this story, I wanted to thank you for your podcast and everything you do. 
Also, thank you, Kelsey, for changing my life and recommending the show to me. Seriously, I don't know where I'd be without this content in my life. You've kept me going in my cubicle. Now, on to my lightly spooky tale. Christmas 2021 started out as normal as it could be. I was at my mom's house, and she worked in senior living, which meant she needed to pop by work. I was home most of that morning with the dogs, my 14-year-old rescue that didn't bark, and her two beagle mixes that barked enough for him. Later, when she got home, we were taking the dogs outside and noticed splashes of white paint up near the front door. The paint wasn't there Christmas Eve, and there's no way someone could have approached her front door without setting off her dogs. Not to mention, it was up an entire flight of stairs from the sidewalk. We continued on with the day, and then it was time for me to hop on Zoom with my dad's side of the family. I had this gut feeling to jump off early, so I did. Within five minutes of me logging off, I received a call that my cousin passed in a car accident along with his partner in the early morning hours that day. I had logged off right before my aunt had gotten the call that her son was gone. Here's where it gets a little freaky. My mom and I were talking about how it was great my brother had recently seen my cousin right before Thanksgiving because they were best friends and understood each other in ways that no one else could. When my brother and his fiance were visiting for Thanksgiving, they told us how my cousin was doing and mentioned how, like normal, he was covered in paint. My cousin had worked as a traveling industrial painter, meaning he was typically covered in paint head to toe and all his clothes were covered. This is when it dawned on us that the paint was from my cousin. As I'm writing this, it's a few weeks away from the one-year anniversary of his death, and during rough times of the year, I've continued to see splashes of white paint in odd places. I know this story isn't as spooky as other Freaky Fridays, but it's more of a comfort freaky. Thank you for taking the time to read this, and happy holidays from chilly Chicago. Thanks, Maddie. It's the worst time of... Well, I mean, it's never a good time to lose a loved one, but when you lose them on Christmas, that is real, real rough. So, so sorry for y'all's loss, Maddie. That just makes every holiday, it's just ripping that Band-Aid right off. Yeah, and it's you know bittersweet as you want to make new memories, but then miss the, mm-hmm. you, you notice the empty seat at the table. Yeah. And, you know, seeing something like that where it's a, a strange sign, but it mm-hmm. matches up so closely with the person you love. You know, maybe it's a sign just saying, I'm okay. Yeah. I'm sorry this happened. I'm with you. I'm glad it could bring y'all comfort. And it is very bizarre. I always see ladybugs in (laughs) times of um, like stress or right after someone's died. I'll always see ladybugs in very weird spots, like, like crawling across my bathroom mirror like places where a ladybug wouldn't normally like be it's, you know it's not I'm, just like on your window while you're driving it's yeah just it's not like out indoors. in the backyard when i'm gardening which i never do but in a place where like you would <laughs> that would be unusual if you were out gardening <laughs> that's the unusual part <laughs> not that a ladybug ghost has been sent to send me a message it's that i'm actually gardening no i mean i think you know energy the world things send to you send you messages in different mm-hmm. ways and if you're paying attention uh maybe that's your cousin sending you messages in the paint splatter i love that and i like that you now when you see those in a unusual spot it's like a little you know little like you said it's the kind of the comfort freaky yes absolutely mm-hmm. it's a great way to put it mm-hmm. well thank you so much and this last one is from ryan and his subject line is did i see rudolph Hi, both. Just wanted to start by saying I love your podcast and the Freaky Friday segments. I basically binge listened to your show since my sister-in-law recommended it to me about a year and a half ago. The topics are fascinating and always entertaining. I'm sure you receive a lot of submissions, so I'll jump right into my story. While I've never had any contact with murders, aliens, or the paranormal, there have been a couple of odd experiences that I never really found an explanation for. One such occurrence happened on a Christmas Eve night when I was somewhere between 9 and 10 years old. Some point during the night, I was awakened by a bright red light shining straight through my bedroom window. I sat up in bed and I could see everything in my room fully illuminated. It was as light as daytime, only completely red. In my mind, I made the connection. Christmas Eve, red light, it must be Rudolph. I didn't go to the window or even get out of bed. I wasn't scared, mostly just perplexed by the strange spectacle I was seeing. At some point, either the light faded or I fell back to sleep, 
I don't recall which happened first. And then I woke up and it was Christmas morning as usual. If I had to take a guess, this could have been my dad trying to mess with me. He certainly did a lot to keep up the tradition of Santa when my sister and I were young, such as dressing up as Santa and even coming to our house to bring us presents every Christmas Eve. But again, I have to emphasize how bright I remember this light. It felt so much brighter than someone simply shining a flashlight through. Also, my bedroom window was high enough up on the house that you would need a ladder to get to it. My dad was a known jokester, but getting up on a ladder in the middle of the night to shine a light through my window just on the chance that I might wake up and see it seems a bit elaborate, even for him. Especially since both he and my mom knew that I knew that he was Santa by this point. Unfortunately, he passed away when I was young, so I'm not able to ask him to confirm. It remains a personal mystery to this day. Regardless of the explanation, I look back on this memory fondly as a time when Christmas magic felt real. Thanks for reading, and perhaps this will be a quick, fun tale to round out the usual freaky fare. Best wishes to you during the holiday season and the new year, Ryan. P.S. I'm beginning to think Santa is a cryptid. Would love to know your thoughts. So... For several reasons, I put this one last, but mainly because I think we need to have the cryptid Santa discussion because this has been brought up several times before and we we got to figure it out. I learned a new word the other day in that video that did Tommy send us a video? He sends us lots of videos. He does, but he sent us a video on uh, that was from TikTok And it was pretty much analyzing the idea of what Santa possibly is, like where he fits in lore. And the person in the video mentioned the word egregore. And I never heard of that. How do you spell that? E-G-R-E-G-O-R-E. Egregore. It's an occult concept representing a non-physical entity that arises from the collective thoughts of a distinct group of people. Historically, it referred to angelic beings or watchers and the spiritual rituals and practices associated with them, namely within Enochian traditions. So they said uh, in more recent times, the concept has referred to a psychic manifestation or a thought form which occurs when any group shares a common motivation. So I guess it's like group think reading only the first two paragraphs on Wikipedia. (laughs) (laughs) But are they saying they're acknowledging that this is not real but she was basically we've all saying, we all just pretend it's real because it's like the collective lore well it goes a step further i think this concept of egregore goes a step further that the energy given when enough people truly believe in something can then alter reality and make stuff happen. okay well you've lost me there but yeah. i was on board <laughs> until that, that was part. the idea that yeah but the definition of egregore sounds like what uh Santa is like a lore that was created over centuries from different, you know, cultures and whatnot. And it's evolved into what it is today. And goddamn, do people like to get into debates about it on all sorts of forums? I noticed that I'm not going to front you out on what Facebook group it was, but it popped up that you responded to Santa post on a public Facebook group. (laughs) I thought that that I was very measured and I was trying to provide a different point of view because everyone in the comments was so heated on like, you're either destroying your kids and not allowing them to believe in magic or your kids are never going to trust you because you've told them this thing. And I tried to just be like, listen, let's all calm down. Mm -hmm. Did you think I succeeded? I thought your Senate, I saw your post and I thought it was... Fine. Like I didn't. I to me, it didn't ruffle any feathers. I didn't think it would. Are you saying you received comments that it? No, 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 no. I don't know if I've received comments. Have I? Oh, I didn't see it when I saw you just posted. I just thought you were saying people were getting rankled by what you said. Oh, the rankling was regarding a teen child, uh, a teenager getting uh, chastised at high school because he told his classmates that Santa wasn't real, and the person was angry and said some people still believe even when they're teenagers. Good for you. Yeah. (laughs) My, for those wondering, my comment was, we participate in the lore of Santa in that he is a fun character, a fun Christmas character that brings jolly and merriment to the Christmas spirit. So just like with Elf on the Shelf, we, quote, do Santa, but Ella knows 
he is a fictional character, but we still like, it's like improv. Like Tommy was like, we commit to the bit. Like we all pretend this is real and stuff, but she knows it's not. Like I told you the other day, she was like, you forgot to move the elf on the shelf. <laughs> but I'm like, oh, she must not have flown home to the North Pole yet. Like we, we, and we tell her like some people, you know, really believe that this is a real thing. And we like to pretend that, you know, this is a something that has to do with just Christmas lore, like we do with any fictional character. We wouldn't be like, Chase from Paw Patrol is real, and he's coming tonight to tell us all stories. You know, she'd be like, wait, what? That's a cartoon. So that's how we still have fun with it, but we also... Don't tell her that this strange man is going to really come into our house at night while we're all sleeping and deliver gifts. There you go. That works uh, for y'all? Yeah. Uh, as far as Ryan, I think you saw Rudolph's nose is the, had to have been, the answer. Or brake lights. Those are my two theories. I thought it was an alien. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe an alien. Usually aliens are white lights, but... Maybe this one was... We're going to Earth in December. You have to decorate the ship. Get the red lights out. Get the red lights out. Otherwise, they'll see it's us. This would be a good time for aliens to come visit because you could get away with like, oh, it's Santa. Yes. Attach the the sleigh bells to the ship (laughs) so they'll think that it's Santa. Maybe that's what it is the whole time. I always say God might be aliens. Santa might be one, too. It's there all a go. simulation. Doesn't Who matter. Knows? We're all aliens in some way or another, are we not? I feel it. Well, Santa may be a cryptid or an egregor. Is that uh, what it's egregor? called? Egregor. Egregor. <laughs> uh, you know, a fun, fantastical part of Christmas magic is what I like to think Truly. of him. Yes. Well, thank you all so much for sending in all of your Freaky Friday stories. If you have an odd but true story, maybe you've encountered Bigfoot, you've seen a UFO, you had a brush with true crime, or you felt the presence of an otherworldly being, send them in at SinisterHood.com slash Freaky Friday. We love providing Sinisterhood to you at no cost. So if you like what you hear, consider supporting the show by donating to our Patreon. We're a small operation, creating this show for you by researching, writing, recording, and producing it ourselves. Any amount is sincerely appreciated and helps offset the cost of making and hosting the show. As a thank you, you'll also get some sweet perks like ad-free episodes, Sinister Red Sticker, membership to our exclusive Patreon Facebook group for those that are rolling the airwaves and getting into it tier, a special shout-out on the show, a monthly bonus mini-sode. This month in December, it's going to be an update on the Murdoch case out of South Carolina Alec Murdoch is about to go to trial, and boy, the stuff that's been coming out in advance, uh, it's blown our minds, and it will blow yours as well. And you'll also get patron-exclusive video and audio content, Am I the Asshole, Relationship Advice, Judge Christie, Dear Sinister, True Crime Headlines, and so much more. And patrons that are getting into it tier are also able to vote on a bonus content segment each month that they would like to see live-streamed. Mark your calendars now, and you can also register uh, for December 29th at 8 p.m. Central. That's when we're going to be doing the stream. Mm-hmm. You also have the fun perk of access to our Discord server, where you can connect with other fans in real time and discuss the latest in true crime, share personal ghost stories, or just post adorable pictures of your pets. We hop on occasionally, and we host monthly Q&As on Crowdcast, where you can ask us all your burning questions questions this month is december 28th at 8 p.m central so you get us back to back one two punch december 28th and december 29th also don't forget december 19th we're redoing hallmark after dark and all of these can be found on patreon they're all at 8 p.m central time and for our patrons not in the u.s you have the option to pay in pounds or euros saving you the cost of the conversion fee Annual memberships for all tiers are also now available. These make a wonderful Christmas gift because when you select this option, you pay for 11 months of Patreon and you get one month free. Plus, it's a gift that gives all year long. It's uh, several hundred hours of bonus content, audio, video, replays of live streams, live streams going forward, uh, getting to interact with us on the Patreon Facebook group and on Patreon itself in comments and in DMs. So it's a gift for that Sinisterhood fan in your life. I almost said Sinisterhood lover, Sinisterhood lover. Mm. In your life. I got to say, maybe the the best part of Patreon is the community that has built itself up. Everyone is just so kind and accepting and supportive of each other. I literally was crying reading 
the post in our Facebook group the other day because someone was saying, I've had a rough year. I'm going to have to cancel my subscription for a while. And then another patron was like, I would love to gift you an annual subscription because this year has been good to me and I want to pay it forward. And then like all these other people were like, I'd like to gift this person a subscription, like other patrons that were sharing similar hardships. And I was like, this is amazing that these people haven't met in real life, but we all feel like we know each other because Mm -hmm. we are vulnerable and we share our stories with one another. So that's the type of community that you're getting when you sign up for the Patreon. And I love it when some someone said, oh, I'm moving somewhere. And they're like, oh, I live up here. Like, let me know when you're in town. I can mm-hmm. show you around. I mean, it, and it's truly, it's moving offline as well. So we just can't oh, thank you sure. enough because y'all make this community. Yeah, for sure. Well, for more details on all of this and specific member tiers, you can visit Sinisterhood.com and click Patreon on the top banner. So many of you have been tagging us in pictures of you supporting your sweet Sinisterhood merch. Keep those pictures coming. If you want to get an all-new shirt that you couldn't even have a picture of yourself in yet, it's our (laughs) brand-new logo design. It's a black T-shirt, super soft material with a full-color Sinisterhood purple pink with the logo right across the chest boom bam emblazoned you can get that as well as t-shirts other t-shirts mugs totes and clothes for your kids by visiting sinisterhood.com click it on shop on the top banner we've got some real nice hoodies and beanies because it's real cold most places it's even cold here a little Mm -hmm. bit but some places it's like for real cold but i'll wear a hoodie and a beanie I gotta, gotta be outside tonight. I'm gonna wear both those things. Got to, man. You gotta stay cozy and nothing better than a full zip sinister hood hoodie mm-hmm. with the like Slayester hood. It's like a Slayer yes. logo. Man, that uh my sister has that one. It is so soft on the inside. Mm-hmm. So and soft. it's a good good thickness too. Yes. The best thing you can do to help us grow is like, review, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please tell a friend who you think would like us to check us out. You can also share any episode by clicking the three dots in the top right corner and share topic-based playlists from Spotify by visiting Sinisterhood.com slash playlist. All of this means so much to us and really helps podcasts like us get more exposure. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Sinisterhood Pod and like us on Facebook at Sinisterhood. We're also on YouTube and TikTok at Sinisterhood Podcast. Christy, where are you at? I'm on Instagram at Christy M. Wallace and Twitter and TikTok at Christy or GTFO. Heather? I'm on Twitter at MCK versus the world, and I'm on TikTok and Instagram at Heather versus the world. As always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy.